Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Shine football fans, welcome to Morning Footy presented by Taco Bell. Yeah. That's right, we've got a new sponsor, and I am not mad at it. Not one at bit. all. I'm Susanna Collins, that's Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros. We've got uh, Ali Trost Martin in for some headlines. Y'all, the way that I used to crush. When my metabolism was a little bit better than it is now. You're a stick. Your (laughs) metabolism is probably not that much slower. I love this man. I'm not kidding, though. I used to get, like, you know, you could get those, like, packets of like six tacos because they were like 99 cents each. And we that was our late night hangout. Mm -hmm. And I would crush Supreme Crunch. Oh, 100%. Chalupa's with a joint. The double-decker taco was my jam. mm. The soft taco with the hard-shell taco inside. Oh, God. Genius. You don't lose anything. No, I want to get Allie's take on Taco Bell. Oh, I mean... We talked about this on Friday when I was filling in because Taco Bell was the sponsor uh-huh. of that show. And uh, Alexis was giving me some shtick for my, my go-to order, which is just your classic chicken quesadilla. Sorry, that's so boring. How boring, boring is that? No, it's pretty boring, Allie. But like, yeah, thank I'm not you. gonna lie. Sometimes I get it in a, di- okay, whoa. <laughs> Are you adding you anything to like, it? It depends I on the mood that I'm in. Sometimes in my if water. I. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, when I want crazy. some spice. I like oh, the same person who calls like soda spicy. What about a yeah. cheesy gordita crunch? <laughs> like, like a Mexican pizza. Mexican, they brought it back. Mexican pizza. I don't know, Mexican pizza's not really my style. Oh. How about some uh, chat GPT headlines? Oh my gosh, okay. Uh, we start with some uh, developing news in Italy where according to multiple reports, Napoli is set to fire Rudy Garcia and appoint Walter Mazzari as its new manager. Mazzari returns to the Napoli side that he managed from 09 to 2013. The 62-year-old Italian takes over for Garcia, who struggled as the replacement for Luciano Spalletti, who left the club after leading Napoli to their first Serie A title in 32 years. Napoli is sitting in fourth place in Serie A, 10 points behind leaders Inter Milan. 
In managerial news, Villarreal has hired Marcelino as their new manager. The Spanish coach returns for his second stint with the Yellow Submarine, having served as the club's manager from 2013 to 2016. Marcelino is Villarreal's third manager of the season, stepping in for fired manager Pacheta. He was dismissed after just 12 matches in charge, replacing Quique Setien in September. Villarreal is in 13th place with just one win in their past seven La Liga matches. In MLS news, FC Cincinnati defender Matt Miazga has been named MLS Defender of the Year. The 28-year-old anchored a Cincinnati defense that was one of the best in Major League Soccer on the way to winning the Supporter Shield in his first season in Cincinnati. The former New York Red Bull center back made 27 starts for FC Cincinnati, which he joined a year ago on a free transfer from Chelsea. Miazga beat out Seattle's Yamar Gomez Andrade and St. Louis City's Tim Parker for the award. In international soccer news, CONCACAF has announced the Dallas area as the host of the CONCACAF Nations League finals in March. AT&T Stadium will host the Nations League semifinals and finals with the U.S. men's national team looking to defend their CONCACAF title. The 80,000-seat stadium is also in contention to host the 2026 World Cup final. The winners of this month's CONCACAF Nations League quarterfinals will make up the four teams in Nations League finals, including the winner of the U.S. men's national team Trinidad-Tobago series. One player who won't feature in that quarterfinal series is Johnny Cardoso, who has been forced to withdraw from the U.S. men's national team camp with an ankle injury. Cardoso picked up the injury in Internacional's 3-0 loss to Palmeiras on Saturday. No replacement has been called in. The Americans host Trinidad and Tobago in Austin, Texas on Thursday in the first leg of their two-leg quarterfinal series. Charlie, Cardoso has been considered a leading option to step in and replace Tyler Adams' role as he's injured. But with him out, do you go with Luca De La Torre or uh, Lenny Malone? As, uh, <laughs> I'll let Alexis do the, uh, the accent. Yeah. Or, or how do you see this midfield shaking out? Well, I don't think it changes. Cardoso wasn't going to play, in, in my opinion. I think it was always going to be Weston McKinney and Eunice Musa as the two mm. holding midfielders, and they can kind of they play well off of one another. It's the 10, which is Gio Reyna. And then, you know, Malik Tillman would probably be there, but since uh, I think, you know, you look at Christian Pulisic not going to the U.S. Men's National Team camp, I think Malik Tillman now plays that left wing spot. So... Giorena is there with McKenney and Musa. So, um, you know, no, there's, there's no way as well. So you're trying to figure out what that right flank looks like. I think Brent Aronson is the natural player to, to slot in there. But th this is where the depth is, is tested. Um, I, I think Cardoso needs that one move to put him more in a... You know, he's doing really well. M move I, as in new club. New club in, from in Europe. From Inter to Betis, for example. Right. Okay. And, and then you're playing in La Liga. And I'm one I of the best that, teams in La Liga right now. Right. And I think that would be a, a, an opportunity for him to level up, right? Because I think he's, he's gotten the playing time, he's gotten the experience playing in, in Brazil, but now to go to Europe and, and be, continue to be tested. I think that will raise his profile, raise his game, the speed of play. But I think he's, he's shown some, some progress with the U.S. men's national team. And I think that comes from club form. Also has a great mustache. Great mustache. I mean, can we but those, those, well? this His style of play, right, is, is more because you're coming from the Brazilian league. Getting on the ball, mm -hmm. slower tempo, but keeping possession. That's valuable. And, and in terms of some of the opponents that we play against where you aren't 
um, chasing the game, where you're controlling the tempo, you're dictating the game. A player like him getting on the ball, that's going to be needed, those type of players. Having different styles versus a, a Tyler Adams where you're just running, right. ball tackling, and, and playing hard in transition. This is, all right, we have most of the ball. Where transition's not going to be a big thing for us. We're going to control the tempo. And I think a player of, of his ability, his quality, is, is going to be needed. Who would you compare him to? Is there anyone like that's played for the U.S. in the past that – kind of had the same, a similar style. I think a Benny Philhaber oh, comes okay. to mind. Yeah. Um, Both two Brazilians. Two, exactly. But in terms of their style, because Benny wasn't your prototypical American player. He, he had a little bit something different, mm -hmm. um, which is, which is um, you know, something that, that I've always appreciated in their game. Yeah. All right. Guess All right. what? We're going to chat some more. U.S. Men's National Team. Give it to me. I, I love it. Let's go. Thing. I like it. We're going to have uh, our Tuesday mailbag, and we asked you guys to send Charlie some questions regarding the U.S. Men's National Team, and he is going to answer those when we come back, guys. Don't go anywhere. Morning Footy presented by Taco Bell. Well, the U.S. men's national team have arrived in Austin, Texas, ahead of their CONCACAF Nations League quarterfinal matches against Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, they're going to play that first leg at home at Austin's Q2 Stadium. Here they are in camp. And last I, week... I like these black I know, these by are the way. sharp. Yeah, these are great. Very sharp. Like um, the full red USA, that's beautiful. Okay, so last week we asked you guys to hit us up with some of your questions regarding the U.S. men's national team and that Charlie here would answer them. Mm -hmm. So we're going to read some of those right now. Thank you so much. We've got a great response, by the way. Thank you for yeah. everybody. Like yeah, that. Some really, really good questions. Um, okay, so we are going to start with a question from Nell5482, and they ask, who do you think is one player that deserves a call-up but hasn't been given a chance yet? Great question. Uh, I would say Diego Luna is a player that comes to mm -hmm. mind. And I know it, it, it's, he's 20 years old, and it's you know not like he's had a ton of, of minutes, but this season he's had, let's say, 1,200 minutes, five goals, three assists. What stands out to me is not so much his performances in Major League Soccer, which have been good as of late. Of, co of course, in the playoffs, he scores, uh, scores a big goal, scores his penalty kick uh, or misses his penalty kick. But this is a player who has shown a lot of quality. But in the U20 World Cup, he was a standout. Mm -hmm. He was for me the best player, and and it wasn't even close. This is a type of skill set, this type of player, that we don't have too many of. S creative, um, one that l is really comfortable on the ball, is daring, you're not afraid to make mistakes. And if you look at other players who are called up, I mean, Paxton Aronson is a good case because he should have been, um, was in this U20 group. He, he's only played 40 minutes this season. Five appearances, last season 165 minutes, so... Mm. Minutes is not 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 a big thing, right? Mm -hmm. Diego Luna had four goals in his past five matches to finish his his second season as a pro. I think Pablo Mastroeni didn't have much faith in him and trust, and he had to earn that, right? But I think he finally clicked with him, and this is a player that I think has a lot of upside and potential, and I'd like to see him. I mean, Kevin Paredes is another player who doesn't have a lot of minutes, 509 minutes last year, 281 minutes this season in the Bundesliga, but he has, he has this special ability about him and rightfully gets called into this camp mm -hmm. because you, you, you want to 
infuse youth that have potential, not all, right? But here and there, bringing in players, seeing what they, giving them a taste. And I think Diego Luna is a player that could come into the squad and, and hopefully impress. You think he gets, he certainly deserves at least a January call-up, no? Right. Oh, oh for certainly. Yeah. yeah, certainly. What about a name that has been around the national team before but hasn't since the World Cup? Josh Sargent hmm. getting minutes He's been out injured for so long. He's still injured at Norwich? Yeah. I want to say, yeah. He, he just had a, a long-term injury. So he's still recovering from that. But at one time, he was in rhythm. He was playing well for... Getting into the he was, he was until he yeah. got yeah. injured. injured. Oh, okay. Yeah. He had a serious injury. Yeah, yeah that's right. I, he was taken out by the goalkeeper. Um, he scored a goal, and he and the right. goalkeeper collided. And I'm not sure what the injury was, but it was not good. Ankle? Thank you. Thank serious you, producer Ryder. Serious long angle? How long? And then he got, he got injured again at Norwich. Uh, okay. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, another name that, that has come into the national team and you've, you, you've raved about him is Dewan Jones um, as a left back. When you meant to say you've raved about him and pointed at Alexis, you meant to point at yourself. I'm very high on Dewan. Dewan Jones has a year left on his contract uh, with the New England Revolution. Bundesliga teams have been circling around. He has a, a, a lot of upside, um, was misused at the end of the season with, with the New England Revolution as the new coach comes in and goes, oh, we're going to put you out right back, even though you've been still a left back. Um, so I think that's a player that, that is floating around the left back situation because Anthony Robinson has had it locked mm-hmm. down and now Chris Lund um, you know, has recently pledged his allegiance to the flag. And, now you're, you're, the depth chart on the left, left back side is, is continuing to, to get deeper, but Serginho Dest is probably still yeah. number two option at left back. Yeah. Um, Josh Sargent had three goals and an assist in his first four match days in the championship, and then he hasn't played since, yep. since August. Yeah, yeah injury. Yeah. Mm. Also, if we did play three at the back, give Austin Trusty another shout. Oh, here we go. On the back line. <laughs> Austin Trusty. Um, you love Austin, Austin Trusty, man. Jeez, so you, you, you right, put Austin uh... Trusty above a Cameron Carter Vickers? Uh, left-footed center back in a back three, yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe not over, but he's getting starting minutes in the Prem. Mark he's McKenzie. looking good. Yeah. All right, let's move it along yeah. to our next question. Thank you for that one, Nell. Um, this one comes from Sean Dembele, and he wants to know, what is the weakest position of the team that needs to be strengthened? Why does it say coach on your paper? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, the, weakest, the weakest position <laughs> with the, the U.S. men's national team, it, it's not, I think it's based on depth. And if you look at depth, I'd, I'd say probably... Right now, goalkeeper and, and center back. That's right? new Not for us. Not wrong. No, as a nation. Goal- no. Goalkeeper was our, was our strong point for so long. Well, yeah. I mean, b- before we never had a left back, right? Left back was the big thing. But now we're starting to see a couple names come, in, come into play. But goalkeeper, after Matt Turner, who has recently been demoted to backup at Nottingham Forest, mm-hmm. and you, you were just the backup at Arsenal, so now look at the, the level of club that you're the backup for. One competing for the Premier League title, and you're in Champions League to now a team that you know, you're happy being in the middle of the pack in the Premier League. Um, so that, that's tough to swallow. Ethan Horvath is now like the third string. What's our depth chart string? goalkeeper? So we've, at, got, at we've got Matt Turner, yep. who's our number one. Who, who is number two? Is it Horvath? Yeah. No, it's got to be still Zach. 
Is it? No, no, Zach, no. Zach's injured, like been. Yeah, but he's still considered. I mean, we're talking about the U.S. Oh. national team by the time the World Cup comes. Okay, he's still got to be in the picture somewhere behind Matt Turner. So Horvath. No? Well, you, well, you can't even in. acknowledge him right now because he's, right. he's okay. been injured Fair and he's, Fair he's been in purgatory for a while. But now. then after that, <coughs> you've got a, Gaga, a Gaga Slonina. Slonina. and who's on loan at in, in Belgium. He's like he's the only American goalkeeper in Europe that's getting and, minutes. And, and regular he, minutes. Drake Calendar. No. Makes too many mistakes <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> that was that was emphatic. Yeah, that was too quick. Yeah, um, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I remember a last time we had an issue at, with goalkeeper. I've we've no. always been so right. deep. It's always so deep. Yeah. So right now, mm-hmm. goalkeeper is the biggest hole, and I would you over the years that I've known the U.S. Basketball team, you would never say goalkeeper. Because when I was a kid, you had Miola, and then you had Friedel, you had Casey Keller, you had Tim Howard. That you know it was like it's constant epic keeper yeah. after epic keeper, and they were all playing in the Premier League or playing whatever club they were at. They were playing starters. You had three number ones with the U.S. We never had team. to worry about that. No, never. Even Guzan. Guzan was in the Premier League, still yeah. also incredible. Like even our backups were great. And now you're looking at your starter who's on the bench, Matt, and then Zach Steffen, who's a starter, was on the bench. You're looking at your number ones, and none of your number ones are playing. It's tough. Interesting. So, yeah, I, I never thought I'd say the goalkeeper position is our, our biggest hole right now. Yeah. But it, no depth, and it's a little shaky. Yeah. All right, we've got time for one more question, and this one comes from Agira677. Do you think Christian Pulisic will pass Donovan and Dempsey's record of U.S. goals? So they are... Here's a look at the top six. Clint wow. Dempsey and Landon Donovan mm-hmm. both have 57. Christian Pulisic currently at 28. Does he have any chance of catching up? And, and I'll tell you right now, that's that's a, a long way away, 57 goals. That is tough. And longevity, consistency, health, that's the biggest question with Christian Pulisic. It's not that can he <gasps> score, can he not Landon. score, but... The, there's a there, there's a trick to the longevity and and health and consistency. Can he catch that number? Yes, he can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But will he? That that's the, the 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 tough part to say is, can he stay healthy? And he's not a striker. He's not an out and out number nine where you know, hey, if if that's Balogun on 28, he's he is the go-to. But Christian Pulisic takes the penalties, the free kicks. He is the goal against Germany, like to be able to dribble and create on your own. He has the ability to top that number. Should he still be taking the free kicks? I know that's been a, a talking Who point. Who else is going to be taking free kicks? I don't know, but it, if, it, it if hasn't you're, been. If you're, I think. Great. What you're, so, what yeah. you're alluding to is, is can he, should he be taking the free kicks that are more service instead yes. of direct on goal? Yes. Because they have been shaky yes. as, of, as of late. Like, and corner kicks. But we're talking and a, corner kicks. Yeah, but we're talking about direct free kicks mm-hmm. clo- cl- within you know, 25 yards from goal that he, he's taken it. So, mm-hmm. um, yes, he can get to that number, but he just has to stay healthy. We're also hosting the next World Cup, plus it's a, it's a, it's a larger group of uh, nations that are making it in. So maybe there's a couple more opportunities. Maybe that number gets a little bit more truncated for him, a little bit easier to hit. But it is a long way to go. How old is he? 25. 25. Oh, yeah. 25 years he's old. He's got time. He has time. Yeah, he's got to mm-hmm. stay healthy. That's mm-hmm. it. Well said. All right, we are going to take another break. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for asking all those questions. Those were awesome. Um, We are going to chat the MLS coaching carousel when we return. Don't go anywhere. 
Welcome back to Morning Footy presented by Taco Bell. Well, the MLS coaching carousel, it's in uh, full spin, and there are currently eight different clubs with head coaching vacancies. Here's a look at all the teams that are currently searching for a head coach. We'll say mm. Ernan Lazada of Montreal and Christian Latanzio of Charlotte. They are the latest ones to fall. Um, those moves were announced by the clubs last week. But when you're looking at this list of clubs, Charlie, for you, if you're if you're a coach and you're searching for a job, which one of those clubs is the is the most attractive? You have to look at some of the pieces that the team already have, and. For me, New England Revolution is up there because you have Carlos Heel. And you, you have, you have a squad. You, yeah. you have yeah, some great players. Squad. And they were top of the league at one point. Yes. And you have a phenomenal training facility. And rumor has it that they're pretty damn close to getting the stadium. Really? Pretty damn close. In Foxborough? In Boston. In Boston? Yeah. That would be wow, that would massive be for that fan base. So if you are to get this stadium, you have the chance to open the stadium if, if, you're, if you have a real long-term project that you can come in. So the short-term is getting this team to compete again, but the long-term project, building some of the youth that they have, Esmir Bayraktarovic, Noel Buck, who's getting call-ups call with the England youth national uh, team system. Mm -hmm. So you have some good young pieces, you have some, some top talent right now to, to go out and compete. So I think that's a really, Attract, uh, attractable, um, really attractive job when you're looking at it mm -hmm. from that standpoint. Yeah. Any of the other ones stand out? So, for, like, for me, D I'm looking at this list and, like, a DC United, DC United would be super I'd say enticing. Charlotte before DC, no. Charlotte Especially has. Especially with that fan base. I, that's the thing. That's the thing that gets me with Charlotte. They've got an incredible fan base there already in mm -hmm. place. The, the stadium, they play at uh, Bank of America mm -hmm. Stadium right downtown. Mm -hmm. they're, have, they're opening a new training facility, or they've it, had, it they open. did open yeah, a new yeah, training yeah, facility. Um, and they just, the, the Tepper family that own, Tepper Entertainment that are the, the owners of the club have a lot of money oh, yeah. to spend. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is, that would be a very attractive option. They just have to get someone in who yeah. can, who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Because, I mean, Charlotte first hired Miguel Angel Ramirez. Yeah. And what a train wreck that yeah. was. <laughs> and then you kept on his assistant, Christian Lantanzio, and, and yeah. that was more of a Band-Aid. He just, did all right. He did okay. Yeah. And... But, but you're, it, if you're a new that franchise, you're a new organization. They didn't have a project. They didn't have any vision going forward. No, it's like, okay, zero. We got Miguel Angel Ramirez. All right. And he's like... Estamos jodidos. And yeah. it's like, oh, oh my God, I can't believe these guys actually admitted that they're, right? <laughs> but I mean, so, we kind of knew they barely had enough players to make a full squad you, with how many days before the you season You bring in their assistant, poor, it's poor just planning. telling, yeah. exactly. It's poor management. It's telling that the long term, they're, they're not there yet to visualize long term. So they bring in their manager and it's, so you need to be convinced. You need to be, if you're a manager, to step into this situation. You're, mm -hmm. you're like, all right, what was there before me? What pillars do I have to support a long term process so we can find success? Mm -hmm. Because there's so much potential there in that market at that club. 100%. But you need to be convinced as a manager that where you're stepping in, because let me tell you, in the managerial game, there are people that are so willing to hop on a job and just take the job for taking the That's job. That's the problem with being a head coach. You are at the mercy of the jobs available. So you have to just go wherever, you know, yeah. the job asks. You know, in terms of, if you're a young manager coming into the game and you're looking for that job, 
if Colorado Rapids opens up and they're like, hey, we want to hire you, no. so even the, though that's probably the worst. I was just going to say, of, on of the flip the side of this options. conversation, like when you look at these teams and you're like, which ones are like, oh, man, that would, it, it, it's, you have a tough road ahead of you if you are the head coach of this team. Would you put Colorado Rapids at the top? Number one. Top of the list. list. Top of the list. I've, I've, I, would, I would also say Chicago why, Alexis, Fire. Why? Why? why I mean, Chicago Fire is a Chicago very Fire, difficult situation. Chicago Fire and Colorado Rapids to me are the most, mm-hmm. probably the most difficult. Colorado Rapids in particular because it just seems like a club that is hell-bent on not providing you with the resources, even if you're a great coach, to win. They when they when they finished Robin high Frazier. up, yeah. When they, pretty, example. when they finished pretty high up, we all thought of it as an anomaly. It's a lot of castaways from other from other uh, clubs within the league. They're not going out and looking for a big name. They're not going out and looking for something that's going to make that sort of fan base. It's just like survive. Yeah. Um, it's like hey, we can't get relegated, baby. <laughs> yeah. Have to kick the ball. <laughs> but I, I will say another job that I think is attract. Attract. Uh, you guess Montreal? No. No. I have an idea. Another job that's attractive. Uh huh. Is Minnesota United oh. really? Okay, I think Adrian Heath underperformed wildly, given the resources, given an awesome stadium, incredible fan base. Yeah, Reynoso, one of the best yeah. players. Reynoso, I know. Pookie. I know he had a nice one too there. Mm-hmm. I know that was a little uh, of a hot topic, Reynoso, just because of the situation to start the season. Yeah. But Adrian Heath did not deliver what I think he should have given the team, given the, the culture, everything around Minnesota United, the supporters. So I think Adrian Heath underperformed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a given that I, I went there, experienced what the fans are, that team. That stadium is Amazing stadium. Awesome. It's incredible. I think that's an attractive proposition if you're a, a head coach. Yeah, no, and, and you're right. There is some, some talent that's already locked in there. Um, and I think with Adrian Heath, it just kind of, you know, he, he did – Okay, you know, and the, but there was I there was, a lot of you bad never decisions. saw you that never you he never okay. you he, never yeah. saw any upwards poor, trajectory. Poor like it was just and, and the, a lot of them missed. They never the striker position, especially they, they that number nine. After, they could never they, they could never no. get that number nine that they that they needed. And so they had money to spend, yeah. um, but spending doesn't always guarantee success. Yeah. Uh, example TFC. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Right. Okay, so let's let's chat. Let's chat about TFC because John Herdman has officially taken over the mm-hmm. club, um, and he gave a press conference on Friday, and um, he had an interesting quote. He said, "It's that phrase of enough is enough." The tolerance level of what might have been tolerated in previous preseason arrivals won't be tolerated for this team. So. I get from this that this is a guy who wants to come in here and basically just kind of wipe the slate entirely clean. Think and say we yeah, um, exactly. Um, that's so, why he didn't touch the sidelines for he was hired yeah. but never touched the sidelines. And I think that was just to let me observe. Mm-hmm. Let me take in all this information instead of getting on the sideline right now, see how things play out, really analyze who we want to continue to, to invest in our the future of the club versus Let's let's cut ties with the players that we can. Although some are probably locked into long-term contracts. Um, yeah. And and a lot the issue, as opposed to what he did with the Canadian men's national team, is that he exceeded all expectations because even with the men's national team of Canada, it was low. I don't think people were expecting to be so wildly successful for a, from a Canadian perspective. Here now he comes with that seat with that boosted CV. Almost like 
he's supposed to be the savior of TFC. So there's added pressure into the job. And mm -hmm. I wonder, I'm just very intrigued because he's a very uh, methodic manager. He thinks of every detail. He tries to be very controlling of mm. yeah. all aspects, like even including the way that he treats media. From what I understand in Canada, there weren't a lot of media that were willing to question him and he and, and he didn't like it and, and he really had the media on his side so i wonder in a more scrutinized well when you're managing lorenzo insigne yeah co correct that spotlight's going to shine do, a little brighter I mean, and bernardeschi his quote right just to reference his quote real quick it seems like it comes from the playbook of john herdman which is talk real big where it's going to be real tough, it's going to be real regimented. I go back to what he said during the World Cup, and there's been moments where it's bit him in the behind, like in the World Cup. Right. So right. this might be a little bit too tough to talk with a situation that is as hectic and chaotic as they're walking into. Maybe soft-stepping it would be a little bit smarter right now. Do you know who, who number two on the list in spending is? Who? LA Galaxy. Wow. wow. And those are two, I mean, LA Galaxy, no playoffs, TFC. Worst team. Nowhere they, near a playoff. Were they the worst team? Did they team? get Wooden Spoon? I think I they, did. they did. Yeah. yeah, I believe they did get Wooden Spoon. Not in Colorado? They were worse than Colorado? Yes. Wow. Yes. That tells you how unhinged TFC was. Yeah. Well, you think about the money that they were spending on Insigne and Bernadeschi. I mean, it's almost unforgivable when you finish dead last. Yeah, it is. It is with that type of spending, with that type of dedication to a squad, the investment is way too much for your team to be so bad. It, it's indicative of a crisis that the club went through. It's a full broken crisis. Are you optimistic with John Herdman at the helm for TFC? Yes, I am, just yeah. because of how he managed that Canadian side. Now, they were on the downward trajectory. If you watch Nations League in the, in the final, the US played them off the park. Th there's still, a federation issue there as yeah, well. I, I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think if there was a manager to come in to change things around, to give them an identity, it's John Herdman. Oof, got his work mm. cut out for him. Usually they go tough coach, player coach. Uh, this is two tough so coaches. You have, all these, you have all these options, openings. I, I'm wondering if anyone's going to try and pull the, the trigger on like a Nuno Espirito Santo, uh, Ruben Nistelrooy, uh, Lopetegui, uh, Solskjaer, Graham Potter, just... These are, these are managers that are available. Also, you know, you look at Pamuruka, Benny Philhaber, Antti Razov, Hugo Perez. So there's some, some, some big names out there. Ooh, it'll be interesting. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. We are going to chat some Conmebol World Cup qualifiers on the other side. Stay with us. Welcome back. Conmebol World Cup qualifiers continue this week. Here's a look at the current standings. A reminder, the top six teams will make it. Um, no surprise, Argentina sitting on top of that table. But let's um, let's chat on a few of some of these other teams. Let's start, Nico, with Venezuela. They're going to take on Ecuador on Thursday. And they've had some positive results. They drew against Brazil. They beat Chile. They have not made a World Cup yeah. ever. Ever. Ever, this would be their their first time. Is it possible for them? For the first time, more than ever, the hope has ballooned into something more tangible than Venezuela has ever seen, and they're playing really well. The fact that they went 
to Brazil and manage the draw. Huge. Or maybe they should have even got more out of it before Brazil scored. Um, shows how well worked this Venezuela process is. It's difficult to go to the Venezuelan Federation and stick with a project because we know where the country's at. We know uh, how difficult it is to, to pay top managers. <clears throat> but they've, they've found a way. For example, um, they have a core group of players at really good moments in their career. Jefferson Soteldo, who is this, this winger, um, very small, that has been Killing it. That's the, the, the goal against Brazil. But Salomon Rondon, and you have Jose Martinez from the Philadelphia Union, Yangel Herrera uh, from Girona, yeah. formerly and New York City FC. Savarino. Jefferson Savarino, <laughs> he can come off the bench. They have a lot of options, and, it, and it's all coming together. I mean, Salomon uh, Rondon, 34 years old. Yeah. At some point, you'd love to see. I, Joseph Martinez just seems like he can't get a, a little bit of a run at. Mm -hmm. And I also, for context, I don't think people understand because sometimes they hear a Latin name country in South America and they just assume soccer. It's actually, soccer is the number two sport. Baseball. Correct. Or baseball is number one. Correct. So this is huge. This is huge for the sport in that country just to build. Vino Tinto is one of those stories that sometimes creep up in Comitable qualifying where people kind of get behind them as the underdog. This is the first time where it feels like that's going to be repaid. That'd be really, really cool to see. All right, um, let's chat um, another team. How about Colombia, um, who have just called in? You mentioned it yesterday on the show. Cucho Hernandez yes. got his first call up, and this is Cucho. a Colombia side that has struggled to score goals. How helpful could he be? So the fact that Colombia struggled to score goals, that was like the headline of the last cycle. They had like a record string of games towards the end of World Cup qualifying where they couldn't score. Not even on a rainbow, they couldn't score. It was very difficult and essentially that's, that was the glaring misstep mm -hmm. in that last process. And now, they haven't scored a lot. They've gotten a, a decent results in the first four windows. But the question again starts begging, who is going to be that guy that is really going to put that goal scoring quota and push this team forward? James has had this resurgence. James Rodriguez. Yeah. Who was like a persona non grata on the national team for a while. Comes back and he's looking great. Yeah, ever since he left Europe, it's like, okay, we need to move on from James. But in the last cycle against Uruguay, he absolutely balled. But Luis Diaz hasn't been informed with the Colombian national team. And you have... Essentially, the striker that they've been picking to play is Rafa Santos Borre, who's at Werder Bremen now. Um, he made the move from River to Frankfurt and from Frankfurt to Werder Bremen now this season. He's their option, but other than that, there's no... There's n when Colombia used to have so many good strikers. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm thinking of the Falcao era, right? You okay? Make sure yeah, I'm a little bit of... I'm engaged to Colombia yeah, women, so now the fact that they don't score that many goals. <laughs> <laughs> no. But it, it's great for Major League Soccer to have your yeah. one of your premier players in the league who's thriving. He is getting Finally getting that call up. At 24 years old, he, he's the real deal. Mm-hmm. And he should be getting a call up to to the to Columbia National. We team. called it before this injury that had him. Right. So now make that move. 
It, but, like, performance in MLS is starting to get a little bit more respect than it used to in the past. Even though it was a late call-up, at least it's a call-up. And if he performs well and they need a striker, they need someone who can at least score goals for the team, and, and he does that, this will put a little bit more of a positive focus on MLS performance, I think. At least I hope. Yeah, I mean, it, it was always framed Look before. at that XG, Alexis. You, you, you go to That's a good one. MLS <laughs> and you play for a, a, a top, top national team that you're not going to get called up. It's not competitive enough. Mm-hmm. And that has been squashed because players have Has have it? That feels over. like it's still lingering a little bit. No, I mean, well, this in, in, in case is, all right, we have to call up a striker who's in good form. Good form. And, and Jordan he's Hernandez, phenomenal. He's starring in MLS. Bring him in. Mm-hmm. I, hope, I hope it continues. But Thiago Almada goes to the World Cup with Argentina yeah. as an MLS player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Argentina, World Cup winning side. So... You, those rumors have to be absolutely squashed now. Colombia so. has uh, Cincinnati center back Gerson Mosquera on the national mm. team. I mean, they even have a right back in Santiago Arias that has potential for Colombia call up. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think why is MLS not a fertile ground to say, all right, there's talent there? If you do national well, team you're going to get called worthy. in. And Cucho is killing it. I hope it's one of those where it's like, we didn't have him on our radar until and this injury, and then he might get a moment or two um, where he's allowed to shine. They have Brazil first. Let Brazil. me confirm who's the next one after that. Paraguay. So, mm-hmm. do you, hey, do that's you, a winnable. Do you winnable see game. Chile or Bolivia at all coming up this table? Not Bolivia. They're in eighth and, and tenth. Currently, Bolivia, yeah. no. I so no. there's no chance. Obviously, Zero. unless they only play at home. Yeah, That's the only way. I, I don't think Bolivia. Chile is the big question mark. I the funny thing about South America Commonwealth qualifiers and growing up in Miami is that you have friends from all these countries. So every FIFA window, there's trash talk amongst everybody. And I warned my Chilean friends, there is a problem at the federation where. After this golden generation, they have struggled to create talent and have a long-term process. And it feels like Chile has regressed with not qualifying to the last two World Cups after being Copa America champion. Twice, they've taken several steps back and they've struggled to get results and on the field. And to create another Vidal or Alexis Sanchez. Alexis Sanchez, Charlie Aranguis. There's so, ma- was, so uh, many players. That was a golden era for them. Gary Medel, Bosellur, Isla, household names that now you look at the national team and they're finding dual nationals like in Belgium. It's, it doesn't scream like this is a strong united group of players with an, with an identity. I think that they've, mm. Chile has lost that. And I'm, I'm very worried for Chile in such a generous World Cup qualifying to make it to the next World Cup. They need mm. Sampaoli back. <laughs> Imagine. Just more it. chaos. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> we love chaos on Morning Footy. Um, all right, guys, we are going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. 